welcome everybody to this episode of the Blood Brothers Podcast. Myself and Mr. Rob Parker are joined today by the amazing C.L. Taylor, who's going to be talking to us about her last holiday. Hello, Callie. Hello. <laughs> I was just thinking that introduction makes it sound like I'm going to be talking about the last time I went abroad. That's the title of my book. That's what Chris said to us. Chris said she's coming on to talk show. about her last holiday. I thought, oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> it's nice to sort of find out about somebody's time in Tenerife. It would be great, you know. Yeah. I'd love to hear about someone's holiday. <laughs> Do you remember slideshows when your parents would bring the neighbours round for yes. 17,000 yes. repeat slides of that photograph <laughs> of the Peter? Don't worry, I won't be objecting your listeners to that. <laughs> uh, well, you're, you're part of the Blood Brothers Hall of Fame, Kelly. This is your oh. second visit as a regular guest. Um, I feel very honoured. Yeah, no, thank you. And you were part of the the, uh, the blowout last, the big book blowout last year. So yeah, welcome back. Thank you very much. Very nice to be back. Isn't it wonderful? It's just wonderful. <laughs> um, <laughs> and her last holiday is out uh, in paperback on Thursday. Is that right? Yep, that's right. Um, it feels like a long time coming because the uh, hardback came out in April 2021. Yeah. Um, this has been the longest stretch between between editions for me. Um, so yeah, so so it's nice. It's good. Was Hopefully, I'll have a bottle um, of champagne on Thursday evening and celebrate celebrate its release. Does that feel like having a, a, a publication day all over again? Yeah, because it's been yeah, so it's... long. You're like, yes, I'm justified having more champagne than cakes. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Any excuse to have yeah. some more champagne. Damn right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, for those who, who didn't, uh, like myself and Rob, get an exclusive uh, proof copy way back last year, um, could you tell people what Her Last Holiday is about? Yeah, sure. So um, Last Holiday is essentially a missing sister thriller. Um, two years ago, Jenna, the younger of two sisters, went on a wellness retreat in Malta. And uh, it all went terribly wrong. And two people died in a sweat lodge experience. And then Jenna walked to the edge of a cliff and went missing. Um, the guy who was in charge of the wellness retreat, the guru, Tom Wade, was sent to prison for the deaths of the two people in the sweat lodge. Now he's out and Jenna's older sister, Fran, has been bullied by their mother into going to Tom's new retreat in Wales to discover what happened to her sister. Wow. Superb. Uh, I, um, <laughs> oh, um, the, 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 the proof that I received last year says, has a little thing on it that says, warning may cause addiction. Yeah. Um, yes, that is accurate. <laughs> That's an extremely <laughs> accurate disclaimer. Um, and I, well, all the way through, I, I there's so, oh, so loads of questions, but researching the self-help world, how did you go about that? That was actually really enjoyable because um, I watched a lot of Netflix documentaries um, and largely because what I wanted to do is work out how these people um, kind of suck unsuspecting vulnerable people in because, you know, nobody is born a self-help guru or a mm. wellness guru. <laughs> they are made and from a lot of the documentaries that I watched, they are made deliberately in order to make a lot of money. So I watched about all these American 
gurus and they kind of pick and take from different sort of practices. So the, the sweat lodge experience, for example, was sort of westernized and taken from the Native Americans, where it's a, you know, it's a proper spiritual experience. Um, but the thing is, half these gurus don't really know what they're doing. Um, there's no health and safety, you know, they just get people doing all these random things. And, and that's why people died. And um, this, this one guru in the States was the first person to be tried and sent to prison for, I mean, I think it was, it was something like corporate manslaughter or corporate neg neg negligence, something like that. But he was the first one ever, ever to, be, um, to be prosecuted. And I just thought, this, this is fascinating. You know, this, this industry where people are taken away from their families, they're in a vulnerable state, they want some kind of healing. Um, it's ripe for crime. So yes. I'll, I'll, I'll start with that. Yeah, because it sort of hangs on hints of that sort of cultish you know, weirdness yes. as well. That you know, like the kind of characters that you can invent in in the self help world. Yes, like, yeah, well, that's a lot of fun. Scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and I also thought you you must have had quite a bit of fun coming up with not just the the character of Tom Wade as the guru, but mm. the sort of the the people who decide that's what they need. You yes. know, like the the, the sort of the. The drinkers of the Kool-Aid. That's not really the right expression. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, don't you? You know, like yes. that. Yeah, and such a rich array and cast of characters surrounding that. Yeah, that's right. Because when when Fran goes to the the Welsh retreat, a lot of the people who were in Gozo at the previous retreat are there. Mm. So um, it was important to build up a cast of characters who had potentially enough motivation to make Jenna disappear um and you know they they had their own issues why they had turned up on a wellness retreat and that was really fun to do because you're basically creating really dysfunctional people um and i love that it's much more fun than creating a rounded homely you know relatable character you know if i want to get someone that's screwed up i'm gonna have a field day and that's one of the things I love about your books, Kelly, is the the, the characters, the, all the characters that you've concocted in there as well. This um, catalogue of rummans that you, <laughs> you, <sort of laughs> yeah. you deliver. <laughs> I love them all. And I fall for them all in like different ways, you know? I want that. I want that as my new tagline. <laughs> Queen of wrongans. <laughs> Join her for another catalogue of wrongans. <laughs> Um, with that in mind, are you are you sitting on another catalogue of wrongings? Yes, I am. I um, the new book, um, which is out in June, is called The Guilty Couple, and it actually has three bad guys, three antagonists. <laughs> so um, two of whom are known, one of whom is a mystery. Uh, so my main character is really up against it because you know she's not just battling one bad guy. Uh, she's got three um, and that was so much fun particularly as I write the novel from Olivia the protagonist's point of view but also two of, two of the antagonists um, one of which is her ex-husband and the other one is a bent cop bent female cop um, so that was a first for me because I've not written from the point of view of the police before yeah. um, largely because it requires too much research <laughs> And um, but um, I don't know if you've had him on your show yet. Neil Lancaster, who's an author, is also ex-police. 
Um, and he was he is a star. He uh, he answered a lot of my questions. Um, actually, Tony Kent as well, because uh, Tony Kent, who's an author and barrister, because um, there's a lot of legal stuff in The Guilty Couple, because my main character is framed for a crime she didn't commit and sent to prison. Right. And it's all about how she tries to prove her innocence and get her revenge when she gets out. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was I mean, if you're going to lean on I've a written. couple of bits of expertise, I think Neil Lancaster and Tony. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, I was sitting watching TV the other night um, and there was a programme on called My Lover, My Killer. I've seen that. Crash it. Who pops up on the screen but a baby face Tony Kent? Or <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there on my telly talking about them. <laughs> Claire McIntosh was on that as well. And apparently he kept watching Neil Lancaster with a bin on it. And I, I'm not sure this is right, but I think Imran Khan might have, might have done it too. <laughs> my God, I haven't, so, even, I haven't got that far through the episode catalogue, but I'm inspired to keep Oh, I'm watching. spoiling it for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> A crime world who's who that show i know it's amazing yeah. i know them i know them amazing no we're, we're very lucky that uh, both tony and neil have been on the podcast uh friends of the show so it's uh yeah no that, and as you said because everyone's so great aren't they with helping in, in their expertise as well aren't they you know yeah um uh, like I, I don't know what area of expertise mine would be outside of well you know the writing thing is you know it's 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 a bit wayward whether I could say that's expertise or not. Of course <laughs> but you no, can. But you know what I mean? Like, but outside yeah. of that, I'd be like, what, what can I do? I was a barman. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm I like that. I was like, I was like, in return for your excellent police <laughs> and legal knowledge, I can tell you everything you need to know about e-learning. You know, <laughs> no one's taken me up on that offer yet. I don't I've know why. I've got an excellent family recipe for... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You just offer drinks instead. Next time I see you at Harrogate yeah. or Scotland, drinks are on me. And, yeah. and that's that's the kind of thing that few people turn that down, really. Mm. You know? That always goes. That's yes, like exactly. a universal thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about the um because you jump um about in time frames in this one as well. Sorry, going um, back to her last holiday. Yeah. Um and um how did you keep track of everything? Did you write it? As, as it appears there in, in my hand in the book <laughs> or did you um did you do it in chunks and separate out or how did you go about it yeah um no I wish I could say oh yes I'm a pantser and it just all came out like that <laughs> um no there was there was a lot of plotting involved um I've got a massive whiteboard in my office and um I sort of section it out into the four act structure and the eight sequences um, and what I did is use um, index cards, different colours for different um, timelines, and then sort of plotted it against that. Um, and I tried to sort of alternate between Fran's point of view in the present day with Jenna's in the past. But sometimes you, you need to have two chapters together. So I wasn't too uptight about, you know, always alternating. And I think there was a bit less going on in one than the other um so just it's just a bit of tweaking and jiggling um because they are largely separate it doesn't really matter apart from fran cannot discover something before the reader has seen it happen or or vice versa yeah um, yeah and i imagine so much of that as well goes down with sort of good feeling as well doesn't it this feels right that it's revealed yeah. here and and that kind of thing and that comes back to you know all your um, your history as a storyteller and novelist, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, I've I've done I've done dual timelines before. 
um, probably the first one that I did was The Lie, which was my second crime novel. Um, I think you're right, you develop a certain gut instinct um, after a little while for whether it just fits nicely. And also when you're looking at a particular chapter, how much conflict is in that chapter and how much conflict is in the chapter that, that's going to follow it from, from the other timeline. And it, it has to balance and feel right um, because there will, there'll be a natural lull in some places. And ideally, if there is a natural lull in one timeline, you want the other one to be full of conflict. So you're, you're keeping the reader on their toes. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to make a note of that. that <laughs> yeah, the, the lull, yeah, if one timeline, if the drama is moved to one timeline, this, this is, I'm making it, yeah. <laughs> Wait, Sean, can, you hold the other, can you hold the thought a second while I make yeah, a note of that? Bearing absolute testament to Rob's, uh, I'm not sure I can use writing as one of my levels of expertise. He's now <laughs> during the podcast. <laughs> Hard disagree there from me, there, sure. Yeah. Full disagreement from me. Um, no, I think I, what I love is um, is sort of playing with the reader slightly and using that different perspective, um, and and playing with having uh, a world inside your antagonist's head, but not giving too much away, yet being able to explain why they're being the way they are. Yeah, it's such a fun game to play being inside the bad guy's head for a minute and then flipping back to your your lone innocent wandering yes. around the place going what's going on yeah I love that I mean there's an antagonist in her last holiday as well there's Kate who is mm. Tom Wade's wife um and uh, she's a very active antagonist because she doesn't want Fran to dis to discover what happened to Jenna she's Kate's keeping quite a lot of secrets but the thing is that I've really realized over the years of writing is that, I mean, you, you guys will know this anyway, that the, that the antagonists don't see themselves as antagonists. They see themselves as somebody who's been wronged or somebody who's ambitious or somebody, you know, they, they have their, their reason for being the way they are. And that I think is, is what I enjoy most about writing an antagonist is coming up with that motivation for why they are the way they are or what happened in the past. Like Kate is very ambitious and she, you know, she tried to make a name for herself um, in her own way, but she was kind of knocked down because she was female. So she's almost using her husband as a puppet to achieve what, you know, the ambitions that she has and the riches that she has. And, um, and that was really fun to do. Equally with, with The Guilty Party, the one that's coming out in June, you know, the, the bent cop is a bent cop for a reason, and it's not because she wants the money. There's another reason in, um, behind it. And the ex-husband, there's a reason that he is the way that he is. And for me, that's that's the best, one of the best bits of writing a book is coming up with those motivations for the characters. I love how you gave me credit there. for. I, I'm not speaking for you, Sean, on this one, but I knew that. I didn't know that at all. I'd literally written that down again. <laughs> but the protagonists don't know that they're the villains. I love that. I, I absolutely, that, that, that makes so much sense to me That's now. So sweet. No, but like, how good, now Now you could, like, it's like the Penguin in, in the Batman movies. He doesn't know he's a baddie. Yeah. I love that. No, no, none of them do. That's the point. They're just on a different moral course. From... And so, like, in my little world, where they going home at night, like, ah, oh, so I just got home from a lovely 
lovely day of being a villain. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they're like? I don't that's know. because you watch too much Bond, where they never yeah. like being yeah. a villain. That's the Possibly. only place where they're like, I'm a villain. And it's very, very uh-huh. defined, yes. Yeah. Bad person. Is that an underground lair? You're a baddie. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Does your house open up to reveal some kind of, yes, you were a baddie. Yes. That's, other than that, the rest of the world are just, you know, operating on a slightly squiff moral compass. This is, this is every day is a school day. Every <laughs> single day. <laughs> we look forward to the next in the trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kelly, you mentioned in, in this book, um, one of my favourite books as well, um, So You've Been Publicly Shamed by John Ronson. Yes. Um, I assume you're a fan of that one? Yeah, I, I did actually listen to it for the purposes of writing Her Last Holiday because, um, you know, when, when Tom is sent to prison for, for the deaths of the, of the people in the sweat lodge, his reputation is destroyed. And there's, you know, there's mention on there of Kate managing his social media and the number of followers that he loses. And she's very aware that she's going to have to build it back up and sort of destroy the negative PR that that these deaths have created. Um, So I thought, right, I need to find out more about people who are are publicly shamed or cancelled or that sort of thing. So um, I read, I listened to the audio book of the John Ronson book, and it was fascinating view and listening fascinating um you know I found myself actually listening to it for pleasure rather than just you know the initial I need to listen to get some facts for research um yeah I, I think I think basically what he says is just don't engage and go underground you know and <laughs> if, if, if you apologize um your apology will not be enough you know, they want more. They want yes. more than an apology. They want blood. They want torture. They, you know, so uh, so it did leave me slightly in terror that I might ever say anything on my social media. I know. You suddenly find that you lack any opinion on cultural events. <laughs> yes, right. yeah. What do you think of Boris Johnson? Absolutely nothing to nothing. see here. No, nothing, nothing to see here. I don't think. <laughs> No, that book as well. I mean, every time I was, um, as you're reading it, you're like, it just ramps up and your jaw is just like falling. And his other books are just the same. I I, I don't know whether you read any. Did he narrate this one as well? Yes, he did. did, I I can't do it. I can't listen because my wife, last time I I listened to one of his, at home, I couldn't stop talking like him. It's such a nice way of talking. I just... I end up getting going into his voice, so I can't listen to it. Oh um, wow! Yeah. Does that happen with any other audio? Yes. I'm, yes. I'm listening to Billy Connolly at the moment. I'd love oh, to. Oh, that it would easily that. happen. It would. Oh yeah, I can't stop it. Every time I think of Billy Connolly, I think about that sketch he did where he was talking about how his mum or his nan had knitted him some swimwear. <laughs> and he had to go into the North Sea with, and he was like, flap in a room, my kneecaps. That's my go-to Scottish accent. <laughs> no, I, I, I wish uh, John would do more um, books. Yeah. I know he does quite a lot of audio stuff with um, uh, with Audible, didn't he? Um, mm, and they yeah. were fabulous. I really enjoyed those. Um, the subject matter wasn't one that I could speak freely upon, um, but um, it was... Um, because uh, it was about adult stuff, and um, th- I'm, I'm, I'm not capable of speaking about that stuff in public. No, that's very much clear. 
Yes, I just can't do that at all. But so in, in Ronson's voice, it was just lovely. About, Made so much money on free porn. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that guy so much. And again, you can't go around your house at home saying that. Well, no, 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 that's it. Daddy, he's no. gone again, Mum. He's gone again. <laughs> Especially not with your children's propensity to repeat everything you say and that's calling <sighs> yeah. people fat doggy and stuff like that. <laughs> I think <laughs> but unfortunately it was taken the wrong way. Oh, no, I, we have a puppy, and because it eats so much, I, a, I think we're going like, "Oh, fat dog!" And um, my child shouted it out the window at, at somebody, <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot I told you. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and then I winded the window up frantically, ah, <laughs> trying to get out of this situation. I won't tell you what my daughter once shouted at a traffic warden because she'd heard her mother call them that. Oh dear! That's not, that's not repeatable on a public. <laughs> well, this is it. This is it. And while we're sa we're sailing in a certain direction here as well, uh, like pull this ship around. How do we pull it around? I'm not good at this. Um, oh, we've got a question. Chris McDonald. He always. Mary's, yeah, Chris McDonald is usually the guy who saves this. Um, <laughs> we've got a question here from Philippa East. Hi, Philippa. Another friend of the podcast. Um, Philippa would like to know uh, which part of the writing. Well, firstly, she said. Um, what we'd said, what would you like to know from Kelly? And she, Philip originally put everything. <laughs> it's like a while. Yeah. Uh, uh, but then she put more specifically, which part of the writing or publishing process does Kelly abhor the most? Uh, well, firstly, hello, Philippa. Um, I know she does some kind of, did you do this on your, on your podcast? Um, like author care stuff, like ways to avoid stress and that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah I, I, I listened to one. Um, and yes, more of that sort of thing, please. Um, awesome. Uh, but in answer to the question, it's structural edits without <laughs> a doubt. Because you write the book, so you, you plot the book, maybe in my case, about two months, write the book five to six months, and then you're exhausted. You just, you're, you finished it, you're jubilant, you have a glass of champagne or a bottle, and, and you're <laughs> like, ah. Oh. And then because my publisher, Avon Books, are so speedy, they can get the structural edits back to me within a week or two. Oh no, stop now, that now. A week or two is not enough to yeah. decompress. It takes me a good couple of months. Five or six solid months of writing. And, and, and then it is basically just like, this is great, but all this is wrong. And I think you're at your lowest energy levels, mentally, emotionally, physically, and then you're given this monumental task. And uh, I do, it's, it's at that point, every time when the structural edits come, that I think, why am I doing this as a job? Like, yeah. You know, I just, I hate them, but I'll get through them. Then I'll go, yes, they made the book so much better. But, but equally, you know, I haven't even got an idea for my book number 10 yet. And I'm already dreading the edits. So. <laughs> Don't you think it's sort of one of those things as well that because you've plotted it and because you've and then you've written it and, and tweaked the plot as you're going along and then you and you've edited it yourself and you've gone right, I think pretty sure that works. Yeah. And there's you know, there there is innately an underlying arrogance to being a writer that you have to go, I've I've written these words, I've told the story, you're gonna love it. Go on, love it. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody comes back and goes, well, it'd be better if you did this. And you're like, oh, fuck off. Of course it would. 
and it was actually <laughs> Tony Kent who um, who said to us on this podcast that um, he attacked every single structural edit and and often some of the copy edits to prove that the editor is wrong and then realizes that they're right. And it, <laughs> yeah. I, I love I, I love how he's just channeled all of that. Oh fuck off. Into a like, yeah. Well, I was right. That barrister well. arguments, yeah. yes. barrister arguments into doing any extra work. Exactly. Nice. Like, no, no you're wrong, and I'll show you how you're wrong because I'll write it exactly <laughs> yeah. how you told me, and you're right. So, <laughs> damn it. But it's it's a, it's a little kick in the guts when you're feeling a bit fragile yeah. about it anyway, because you yeah. just like, fuck. I've just I've let it go, and nobody said anything yet. Yeah, and yeah. when you do let it go and then there's that moment where you've not been told there's anything wrong with it yet it, it's a lovely place to be in yeah. you know you've done your part it's really nice I've done my bit I know there's more stuff to go but oh yeah one to three weeks one to two weeks that's a bit yeah yeah and then the first feedback you get back on it is it's good but it could be better and you're like bloody hell Mm. The amazing. phrase I dread most is uh, it's got a lot of potential. Oh, that, yeah, that, that means the there's going to be evil edits. Yeah, that's oh. the don't it, say it was that fine, me. but we, we really didn't um, gel with the central character or the two protagonists, or the two antagonists. <laughs> <laughs> right. What? Right, okay. <laughs> so that's a page one rewrite then. <laughs> uh. Well, uh, we when you were last there with us, Kelly, we, you were talking about how I remember asking you whether it gets easier, you know, <laughs> like the position of, uh, of being a Sunday Times bestseller, you know, a book's coming once a year mm. and whether it ever gets easier, that sense of, you know, your own sort of pressure that you put on yourself. And you very much talked about it, it being writing on the job, you know, sorry, learning on the job. You're, yeah. you're still always learning on the job. Yeah. Um, is that still the case? Sort of another couple of books along and a YA book since we last spoke to you? It doesn't get any easier. I'm really <laughs> sorry. I've been waiting for you to tell me this is going to, you'll be sailing soon, Rob. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you just I, keep I making really... notes, Rob, but you'll be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I think, I don't know. I think I put more pressure on myself um, because. You, you know you've got this back back catalogue behind you and you know I've covered so many different elements of a psychological thriller I've done the toxic friends I've done the abusive ex I've done the missing children I've done revenge I've done you know I've, I've done stalkers I've done most of them you know um I haven't done twins but I'm not going to do twins um but the the not pressure comes from it. like what can I write now that my readers and the readership as a whole, because psych thrillers are so massive now, there are so many people writing them. What can I write that will stand out from the rest, but it won't be OTT? Because that's that's such a delicate balance. You're like, it's different, but if it's too different, then mm. you're gonna get reviews saying, this was ridiculous, this was ludicrous. So you've got to find that balance. And also the twists. Yeah. Twists have been done to death. And I, and I think there are probably only so many twists, but in my head, I'm like, there must be one that hasn't been done yet. There mm. must be one that I can use that will wow people. And I put so much pressure on myself, like to write this perfect book. And it also has to tick, tick the boxes of high stakes, a lot to lose, um, a ticking clock, a relatable mm. character, uh, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And then I'm just like, oh, you know, and um, 
it makes you miss those early days where you just had an idea and went, oh, I'm going to write this. Yeah, this you is a good idea. I'm going to write yeah. a book about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just going to have flying spaceships and it's going to have dragons, yeah. <laughs> you know, where you could just be wild and free and, and not quite so constrained. Um, so I think because I push myself to write a better and better book each time, it, do, it never gets any easier. And um, so I know you did, a, I know <laughs> no, you did no. a, um, a YA book in the time since we spoke to you last, but um, given, do you, do you feel like there's a, a there's room for a palate cleanser between psychological thriller and would you would you go right, tell you what, I'm going to write uh, a series of cozies. <laughs> just gently you know murder around the fireside murder I, I, I would love your band of weirdos around a, <laughs> in a cozy world yeah. <laughs> but you know it's, what i mean just sort of break yeah. from that yeah. from the genre you're in and trying yeah. to trying to fit the perfect publisher's mold of what you should be writing in that and yeah. just go, oh, i'm gonna do a disgusting horror like well it's, it's why i it's why i wrote the young adult books because i was like i want to write something a bit different the first one the treatment was basically my version of a young adult prison break um because i loved you know the show prison break so i was like oh you know i could come up with this prison and then they could do this and that to get out so that was really really good fun and then because it was a two book um contract the second one was the island which was actually a idea I pitched to my adult crime publisher um, about a bunch of people who have a reunion end up on an island and all their worst phobias come true and she my adult editor said no it's too horror-y um, for your for your brand um, so I was a bit like oh no I really wanted to write it I think it's a really good idea so my agent said well you've still got one book left in your contract for your young adult why don't you pitch it to your young adult editor mm. so I did and she yeah. loved it so I got to write that book that kind of came from nowhere and I was excited by. And the thing about my young adult books is because I'm not an established young adult um, author and I don't feel any pressure because they don't sell anywhere near as much as my adult books. I feel freer when I write yeah. them and I write them quickly in between uh, eight to nine weeks. They're only 70,000 words as well. Um, so that was they were definitely palate cleansers but they still come with structural edits, copy yeah. edits, yeah. <laughs> and all the rest. So even though the writing can feel like a break, I don't know, maybe I need to write a novella. No, um, you know what you need to do? You need to, write, uh, you need to write some, some film or TV, hand it in, and then everybody else can bugger it up for you, but not give you the right of voice <laughs> to, to come back on it, and then go, do you know what? I prefer it when I get the edits, and I can tell you because of relying on that actor that director and that producer to change it to suit whatever budget yeah. or accent constraints are available you're just like well you've buggered that up so, yeah that's will, a tricky one will we get any more um YA stuff from you Kelly? i've got no plans at the moment just because it's it was hard like last year um the islands came out and her last holiday came out mm. and i think well, I can't remember what I was doing. I was uh, basically just before, so the end of 2020, I was jumping between edits for one book, copy edits for the other book, proofing one book, something. So I never got any break. Um, and that was just knackering. Yeah. So yeah. no young adult books for the foreseeable. Um, I mean, dad, you know, if, if one of my books magically takes off, 
and becomes a big thing, um, I don't know, I haven't got any film deals or anything, but you know, it's nice to dream, then then I probably would. But right now I'm kind of kind of trying to get more life, life balance anyway. Yeah. So it's not all yeah. writing, writing, writing. Because it does feel a bit like that sometimes. So I've got a 10-year-old son. Yeah. And um, he does moan if I don't spend enough time with him. So. <laughs> oh, no, they do that, don't? do that now. Yes, they do. How yeah. very dare they? I know. I know. You, I, I must, you must spend Sorry. that time with them now because when they're 13, they're locked in their room with their Xbox. Yes. And you sit there going, oh, it's nice to see you. Tea's ready. Yeah. Can I have it in my room? No, you can't. Get out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, my uh, daughter um, is 11, and um, she is in that sort of... What she's reading at the moment just isn't cutting the mustard with her. She's growing up so quickly. Mm. Um, where would you say the sort of age for your YA book sits, reading age? Interestingly, they, they sit at different ages. Um, oh, wow. I would put the treatment at 11. Oh, right. Um, That's all upwards. I needed to hear. <laughs> yeah. Super. Excellent sales there, Kelly. Well done. Yeah, yeah. there you go. One, one sale. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the island is, is much darker. Um, I'd say at least 14 for the island. Right. Because it's got, it's got themes to do with mental health and suicide and loss. Cool. Um, well, not cool about those about those themes. Just cool. <laughs> the yeah. vernacular. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, the treatment for the younger younger bits, uh, younger ones, and the the island for the older ones. I think. Excellent. Thank you. Because she says that the stuff that she's reading at the minute, um, frankly, she just says there's just no killing. <laughs> what wow. you about some killing? She is Rob's daughter. <laughs> yes. Well, she's either your daughter or a. Yeah, serial killer in training. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of like when I'm going to be old enough to read one of your murder books. Yeah, uh, I get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, their mum's just going, no, no, you've slit someone from ear to ear. They're not reading it yet. <laughs> Let them still go to church while they need to. <laughs> uh, my recent audiobook came on in the car with the kids, and I was like, oh, how do we? Oh God, you know, turning it off. And then they're like, is this one of yours? Yes, yes, finally. <laughs> oh. not, uh, not, not, and your enemy's closer. That's yes, not it was, the initiation yeah. your children need. No, no, thank <laughs> you. Um, uh, well, is it time for a game? Yes, yes. let's do it. Let's right. play your, your, uh, this is old school version of the game. This is going we to be. You have to credit Matt Veselovsky for this. No, no. Although we still will credit him because he's I mean, sure, he's Hi, Matt. Let's credit him. <laughs> so, um, I found two, I'm laughing because I'm reading one now, two reviews of classic books. And you just have to tell me um, from the review uh, what the book is. And um, I'm, I'm going to say you will have heard of both of them. Okay. So, um, okay I, will, I will start, Twitch. Um, okay, this is, a, this is one from Goodreads. Going into this, I knew that it would be weird. I just didn't expect it to be that weird. One star. <laughs> Is oh that the God. whole review? That's the whole review. That's it. No, there's yes. no headline. No, no headline on this one. Well, it's it's the they just re regurgitated the same thing. But um and it's yeah. a classic. It is a classic. Um, My first it, guess would be Clockwork Orange. No, I'm gonna because it's quite vague, I'm gonna go with a hint uh, and say it's um, more of a children's classic. Oh. oh, I was going to say Lord of the Rings, but that's not a children's classic. No, not Lord of the Rings, no. Lord of the Flies. Um, I, I think the, now that I know the title of this, I think when once you know the title, 
the review is quite accurate. It starts weird, then gets uh, quite a lot weirder. Charlotte's Web? No. <laughs> That's weird. Also fits, also fits. <laughs> uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? No, again, also fits. Especially when Grandpa Joe suddenly starts doing backflips, even though he's been in bed for about <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> Woohoo, Chocolate Factory! I'm cured. <laughs> uh, Magic Faraway Tree? No, oh no, I mean, no. that was out of that was, yeah, that weird. She was often yeah. hits when Mr. she wrote that. If I say I Lu- that Lewis Carroll, you was if I say Lewis Carroll, oh, Alice in the Witch in the Wardrobe. Hey, Sean's got it. Alice in Wonderland, Alice's oh. Adventures in Wonderland. I mean, that is weird, <laughs> yeah, <that> is <laughs> it's weird. weird. It um, is weird. and but interestingly, every single book we mentioned could have fitted that review. <laughs> I, so this next one, I, I, it had me laughing so much, and I think it's probably even harder than that one. Uh, in future, Sean, we're just going to let Chris take on this because he's so much better at this than I. Yeah. But um, yeah, thanks for agreeing. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> because so this, the other option is that I do it, and that would be interminably boring. So, <laughs> so I'm going to break my swear rule, no swear rule <gasps> here, um, and say that the headline for this one is one star, literally shit. <laughs> wow. Literally. <laughs> okay. Literally. And then the, the review is, again, literally a combination of Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey. This isn't a review of my book, is it? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sounds really familiar. Um, I, I just don't, I actually don't see any way that you can get it from that because... This is this is a, a review that for me has really missed the point. Um, not, so, um, it's not Dracula, is it? No, <laughs> no. I think if you think of books that are very further away from both Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey, you might you probably get there. And is it um, an adult? Uh, and it's it is classic. an adult book. It's a classic. Um, so it's some kind of erotica. Weathering Heights. Not Wuthering Heights. Again, I, I would forget the books they've mentioned. Oh, Lady Chatterley's Lover? <laughs> no, I wish it was. I'm, I'm going to have to just say it. It's, it's uh, George Orwell's 1984. Famed for its, <laughs> famed for its ov- obvious references to Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey. That is weird. <laughs> no, I'm going to have to try and unpack how 1984 has got anything to... I don't remember there being any sauciness in 1984. I don't. No. I I don't remember. Or vampires for that moment. Um, <laughs> and I suppose whether it's yeah, you because know, obviously, I mean, we 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 also know it. It's not literally shit either. Is it? It's not. It's not that. It's literally a book. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, I think the worrying thing is there. They've been asked to review something, and they've accidentally started reviewing the wrong thing. I think they might, um, but they bought it in paperback, so they're, <laughs> so they're owning it, and they're still not understanding that it's literally actually a book and not that. Anyway, uh, anyway, don't look at Goodreads. This is, don't uh, look at Goodreads. It's yeah. the moral of that story. Yes, it is, never, isn't it? <laughs> never ever take a review seriously either. Uh, well, no, no. Um, and always, uh, yeah, from here on in, refer to Chris McDonald for that game. <laughs> yeah. no, he, he, does, um, he does a good version of that game. He does. Gosh. <laughs> uh... <laughs> it's okay. It was well-deserved. Well <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are you reading at the moment, Callie? 
Oh, um, what am I reading? I am partway through Reputation by Sarah Vaughan, um, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. It's about a female politician um, who's being threatened by a constituent. She's got a dodgy, um, dodgy sort of tabloid journalist sniffing around for a story about her daughter, and she's getting threatening text messages. Um, so it feels very of this time. Um, and for that reason, you feel, you know, and obviously things that have, have, have happened over the last few years, you do feel genuine fear for this woman um, mm. that somebody's going to attack her. So I'm really enjoying that. And I'm also listening to Billy Connolly's Windswept and Interesting yeah. on, on audio, which oh, I am hugely enjoying. He was making me cackle as I'm like on the dog walk, um, <laughs> which probably isn't weird at all. Uh, but, <laughs> It's, it's lovely it's just I wanted to you know listen to something sort of light and funny um you know reading so much crime so yeah how about you guys Sean what are you reading uh, well I'm I'm working on uh it's, it's reading but it's not reading I'm working on some copy edits for um a book we're bringing out in a, in a few months now um and just finalizing everything called New Brighton by Helen Trevorrow and it's oh, it's awesome. really hard to explain because it sort of feels like a um, a dystopian sci-fi, but it's not, and it's um, and it's just, it's this uh, this amazing sort of journey into the psychology of one person's mind and whether something's true or not true, um, and whether they've been manipulated the entire time to create a universe around them that they think is true, and everybody Ooh. in it knows that it's not, but it it's kind of anti um, Truman Show and, and all of that. It's like you know they. It's it's really odd, but it's brilliant, and not set in a place on the Wirral, even though it is called New Brighton. <laughs> Very cool. Um, yeah, well, it's for, brilliant. It is really good. So awesome. Um, for myself, I'm reading uh, Death in Kabul, um, which is um, by Alison Belshin and Nick Higgins. It's coming from Canelo very soon, and it's um, really really good. It's um, sort of like um, a murder investigation in. The Afghan city of Kabul, and it's um, yeah, it's it's really really authentic, really gripping, uh, great characters really uh, across the board, um, and I, I just really it's a very very fun, quick action packed read, and I'm really really enjoying it, and I'm I'm delighted to see as well that um, the it's the it appears to be the first in what they're calling the Mackenzie and Khan series, so yeah, oh, cool. all good, all very very exciting, and um, while we're on the topic of um, books and stuff like that what who who out there um are you interested to see what's coming next from kelly is there anyone whose work that you're really sort of really enjoying at the moment or oh that's an interesting question yeah um kind of, you know like um it's like picking up somebody in a way isn't it someone who's doing something really good or or anybody yeah. or any books that you've been enjoying um it could even be a publisher you know just something that that's really sort of snagged your interest I do want to get to Sarah Pinborough's Insomnia. Mm. Um, I, I got approved for that on NetGalley because um, I think, so she wrote Behind Her Eyes and then she wrote two books that were a bit more straight crime, mm. if you know what I mean. And I, and I suspect Insomnia might be a return to the kind of supernaturally, yeah. supernatural psychological thriller. So I'm I'm keen to read that just to, to see what what happens next in that. 
and there is somebody in the back of my mind who I'm going, oh, I can't wait to see what, what they write next. Um, oh, yeah, Catherine Ryan Howard. Um, she is top of my list in terms of, you know, if you sent me her proof, I would read it that day, probably. Right. Um, because I've read, I think I've read three of hers, four of hers now, and she just gets better and better. And her plotting is superb. Um, you know, it gives me envy. When I, when I read... Um, 56 days I was like oh you know because it's a rare book that catches me out and she caught me out um with clever plotting rather than you know a word that could be misinterpreted sort of thing which you know may be a, a thing I've used myself um but uh so yes I'm very excited to see what she does literally I've just put that on my reading list right now uh, oh yeah, so, yeah. it's very good I've awesome. got one. Um, I've got one coming out that uh, cheekily I'd love to send you a copy of by Louise Mangos. Um, oh, I know Louise Mangos. Ooh, Louise, we've yeah. had a prosecco together of an evening. Well, her book, The Beaten Track, uh, not to pun it, is right up your street, um, and oh. it's fucking clever and horrible, and it just. Um, <laughs> if you've ever been travelling or been backpacking on your own as a as a female. It's just oh, like, oh, okay. fuck off. Oh, this is just hideous, uh, but brilliant. And oh, wow. Yeah, it's, I'd love to send you a copy just to see. Yeah, send it along. Uh, do you read digitally or physically? Um, I, I mostly read paperbacks. Cool. But send, send me the digital file, if not, and I'll charge up my Kindle. I can do either or. We have a stack. Okay, send me a paperback then. I will do. They are just, uh, it's just, it's brilliant. Anyway, it's coming out uh, April. But Okay um it is yeah it's one of those that you go don't, don't never send your daughters backpacking <laughs> but yeah no it's very cool uh, what was i going to say that sorry i, I got know, reading sorry, the blurb I, for 56 I, I down here <laughs> <laughs> keep your mind on the job Rob. i know i know i know i thought hey those guys are just talking i'm just like oh my word this looks good anyway uh, <laughs> Um, what what are you so we know what's coming next um yeah. in the guilty couple yeah. um and what after that have you put pen to paper on anything next no um i've got so in my phone i've got you know the notes app and i've come up with three ideas but like i said earlier i'm like i need to spend the best part of of my life you know of, of a year on this and it needs to excite me and it needs to tick loads of boxes so they're kind of my sort of backup ideas, um, but I'm still waiting for an idea that makes me go, oh, you know, this is the one. Um, so what I've done is um, the author, Rachel Edwards, um, I don't know if you know her, mm. um, her, her first book was called Lucky, crime, crime novel. Um, she has a retreat. She has a converted barn at the bottom of her garden mm. in Somerset. And literally yesterday, um, I booked three days there in February because I just need that headspace. Um, yeah. I think it's it's hard to tap into your creativity when you're at home surrounded by clutter and other people and a demanding dog. Um, and, uh, and I think I just need to get away for a few days, read some nonfiction. Um, I got a National Theatre Live um, pass for, you know, to watch at home um, for my birthday last year. And I want to watch some plays because I think when you watch plays, it sparks something different in you yeah. than watching a TV series or watching a film. Um, and I do find that quite good for my creativity. So 
yeah, I'm going to go away for three days and binge watch plays and read nonfiction and, um, and brainstorm and, and see if I can come up with something. But I'm not going to put too much pressure on myself because pressure is the worst thing you can do to you know, be I, creative. I love finding those sort of weird snippets of stories in, in, um, in papers. And I found that um, the week is really good for rounding them up because they do on the first couple of pages and then they do the global stories that have hit things. And there's always something in there about, you know, some dodgy couple in Germany who've bankrupted the lottery by switching the balls. It's just that oh, nice. weird random stuff that you go, I'll keep that. I'll put that in a little book. Yeah. yeah, yeah eventually yeah. it's gonna it's gonna tie in with something else and trigger something else. But those those tiny little snippets yeah. in, in I used to do that with the Metro when I used to commute yeah. into London for work when I when I had a full time job. And there would always be something in the yeah. pages of the newspaper that would make the oh and it would go into like a little box at home. But now I'd like I rarely leave the house and uh, and I probably read all the same news stories as everybody else. So I need I need something else. There's um there's an app called The Knowledge that condenses global news. Okay. Um, you don't that you aren't necessarily seeing on Twitter and, and everything mm. else. And that's also a good that's a good source of the random kind of trivia that you can warp and manipulate into a cycle. <laughs> all right. Popular. That's good to know. I yeah. like that's what we what we are as well, warpers and manipulators. <laughs> <laughs> Job description. <laughs> yeah, I quite like that. When I don't know that I'm the protagonist, the, the antagonist in my, <laughs> my life story. I don't even know I'm the protagonist in my life. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> oh, Kelly, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you again on the. Oh, thank podcast. you. I've enjoyed it. Thank you so very much, much. For coming in. Um, and uh, bon chance for her last holidays paperback outing thank you no, it's been incredibly successful in hardback anyway but paperbacks where we start getting mass markets and it's lovely yeah so, fingers crossed good luck yeah all, all good luck you and i can kelly thanks for coming on thanks rob thanks guys take care cool. see you later bye, bye.